Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On This Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and the host of Leafs Lunch. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well, at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And make us your first listen of the day. We have new podcasts coming out each and every day, so make sure that you are subscribed to Locked on Leafs. Uh, all right. Going to be recapping to uh, yesterday's game between the Maple Leafs and Tampa Bay Lightning Toronto. A 2-1 come from behind victory in overtime. There's quite a bit to uh, to discuss there. We also do have an update on Mikhail Sergachev, which we'll get to in just a moment as well. Uh, but Jonas Siegel came out today. Uh, earlier in the week, there were reports that it seems like... Uh, I, I, I can't... I believe... I want to say it was Nick Kiprios of Sportsnet who came out with this report that um, Jack Campbell was discussing contract negotiations, or his agent had been discussing contract negotiations with the Maple Leafs um, following coming to an agreement with Morgan Riley. Uh, Jonas Siegel has come out. He's refuted those reports saying that uh, the agent has told him that that is, in fact, not True. Uh, so we'll talk about that and whether or not I believe that's that's the right call or if that's the bad call uh, to to either engage or not engage into contract negotiations with Jack Campbell. And then we'll also uh, tee up and preview tomorrow night's game between the Leafs and the Boston Bruins. Uh, but let's uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about last night's game because it's a bit of a mixed bag. wasn't a Picasso, that's for sure. Uh, the first period was pretty crummy, pretty crappy. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it was it was an interesting. So like, Tampa gets the first goal, and it is probably not the way you would expect. Yeah, if I would have told you, oh yeah, Corey Perry came in on a two on one, uh, all alone, had no back check, like they just zipped right past and. <laughs> And, and there was no one in on him, um, you would have said, oh, you're crazy. But uh, no, that's what happened. Um, so the play, there's a lot of people trying to dog Jake Muzzin for for the play. So he was at his offensive end, kind of uh, got the puck, snuck down, and somewhat ended up like walking towards the net. And he had an opportunity to shoot it on goal, and he didn't, which, okay, I get it. But... He tried to center it, uh, and 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 it went off a stick. It got blocked, and then got sent up to Corey Perry, and, and he and Maroon um, went in on a on a two on one on the counter attack. And Nick Ritchie didn't pick up his feet. He didn't like. He just Nick Ritchie legitimately made Patrick Maroon look like it was Braden Point or Anthony Sorelli the way that he pulled away from him. Um, but Muzzin did his best to back check and uh, just just wasn't able to to. Uh, knocked the puck away off off the two on one off the the pass over from Corey Perry to Maroon, and then he ended up going hard into the net, almost ran over Jack Campbell. Everyone was okay on the play, but I, I did see some people on Twitter uh, giving giving Muzzin the gears on that, saying that oh, what a bad play, turnover in the offensive end, and then wasn't able to to get back and get his man. No, a big part of that, and this is something that a lot of uh, a lot of the players and Sheldon Keefe have discussed. When the D activate like that, they're expecting for the forwards to support them, and that's exactly what 
Nick Ritchie didn't do. He, d- he didn't support his man when he wheeled down into the deeper into the zone. And then, you know, Muzzin was out of position. And then Brody had to, was forced to defend a two-on-one, right? So I don't want to blame Jake Muzzin for that. I'd rather him be aggressive that way because he is, you know, still a, a really good defenseman. Um, sure. I think the shot would have been more preferable, probably a more high percentage chance of, of a goal than when he tried to center it and then got the, the puck knocked away. But, um, you know, I'm not going to fault him for that goal like like I've seen some other people do. But anyways, uh, the, the the game itself was, wasn't was a Picasso, I think I said earlier, right? So bad for his period. Um, Sheldon Keefe came out and said, uh, I didn't like anything about it. The five on three was just putrid. It was, they're basically just paying, playing keep away. And they weren't doing much of anything on that five on three, uh, which is just, you know, such a, such an, an embarrassment considering how much we all were like, okay, this power play's cooking. They looked good. Uh, this finally scored. They're throwing the puck around when they were playing Vegas. Um, but then, Yesterday's game, that five on three, that power play looks stale again. Super bizarre, super bizarre. Somewhat, I guess, made um, made up for it when they scored the four on three in, in overtime. But still, it, it was really just kind of a a really dull moment uh, for the Maple Leafs in that game last night. Uh, Jack Campbell stood on his head like this guy in the third period. It could have been four, three, four, five, nothing um, at some point throughout the third period there. He made so many stops. His stop on, there was one on Braden Point on the breakaway, which was outstanding. And then the follow-up actually good on Travis Dermott to get a, a piece of that with his leg to knock it wide. And then also, I think it was Matthew Joseph, I believe, who had the follow-up. Follow-up shot on that. Anyway, and then, you know, Stamkos had a couple of good opportunities. Uh, Kalorn had a really good chance. So, you know, Campbell had to come up with save after save after save. He was amazing. Six high-danger chances in the third period alone turned aside all six of them to really give the Leafs a chance to win that game. Like, they didn't play particularly well. Like, the second period, they, they did have... It was their best period, I would say. Uh, they went like a 12-minute span without allowing a shot to Tampa Bay. But they weren't that threatening. Um, they had a couple of really good opportunities, but they weren't that threatening. You know, Veseleski made some big stops. Um, and then they came out in the third, and and Tampa said, okay, that's, that's, uh, that's enough. We're shutting things down. And then Tampa went on the offensive, and Tampa ended up, bringing it to and giving it to Toronto. There was some back and forth, but at the end of the day, Toronto pulls their goaltender and then scores with 41 seconds left. John Tavares uh, gets gets in front of the net, and really, like, that's a goal that this this guy scores, man. Like, he, he just parks himself in net. Someone's you know, sends it in. He gets it in tight and just fires it away on a, re- on a, a one-timer to bring this thing to overtime, and Honestly, I think that's the loudest that I've I've seen the crowd. I was speaking with my co-host on Leafs Lunch today, Julia Tesheri. She was down there, and, and she was saying that's probably the loudest that I've heard this this barn all season long was that final two minutes of the third period, and then when they scored in overtime, William Nylander getting the OT winner, um, OT winner there. So, you know, not a Picasso, but what I did like about it, okay, I liked the fight in them last night to battle back and. You know, Jack Campbell kept them in this game, just kept them into it, and then they went out and they won it for him. They 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 owed him the victory, and the fact that they went out there, they fought right to the end, 
finally scored, brought it to overtime, and then went for the kill in OT. I mean, yeah, they got a, a power play in overtime, which, you know, when you end up a four on three in OT, yeah, okay, you're going to probably end up with a, a significant amount of chances to end the game. But they had eight shot attempts that in, in overtime and didn't give up a single one. Legitimately, Jack Campbell could have took a nap in his goal last night in overtime, and the Maple Leafs still would have won that game. So, you know, they went for the kill. And, you know, killer instinct is that uh, is the term that was used, and it's the, the, the lack of killer instinct with this team over the next little bit. But it, last night it seemed like uh, late in that game, they they had it right. They got it. They got the momentum when they scored, and 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 to bring it to overtime, the crowd was on their feet, and then they went for the kill. Went for the kill, and I can't help but feel like the crowd had something to do with that. You know, what I mean, like they got they got into it with with Soupy making all those great saves, and then eventually they pull the goalie, and then they're on their feet, they're clapping, they're cheering, they're getting them going, and then they and the players feel that energy, and then Tavares scores to send it to overtime with 41 seconds left, and then it carries over. They're having three, four good opportunities here on the man advantage at four on three on overtime, and then eventually they end up getting the puck over to William Nylander, who just lets go a bomb of a shot to beat Vasilevsky and then they win the game uh, in overtime and get the full two points. So uh, it, it wasn't the best game but it showed that they have fights and that they do have that type of killer instinct to kind of put a game away when they can. So it's it's they keep taking steps. You know, that's what the past week or so has been about. Them taking steps game by game. You know, the first two weeks of the season were somewhat garbage, like just garbage, garbage games. They did not play well at all. But then last week in Chicago, when they started this winning streak, they showed some signs, some steps, and and then they continued that into Detroit, and then they continued taking positive steps forward into into um, Vegas, and then now they took another positive step. They, they've they've you know learned some lessons, as they've been saying, and they finally. Stayed in the game, stayed, played till the final whistle, brought this thing to OT, and then went for the kill uh, once they got there and got the win, got the full two points. And in a week that was supposed to be a big statement week for Toronto, hey man, they're two for two with four full points coming up against Vegas and and uh, and um, and Tampa, and they've got Boston tomorrow coming into town, so they'll be waiting on Boston as well to try and go a perfect six for six on the week. Um, the other notable storyline, I suppose, from last night's game that I hadn't touched on yet was the hit on Mitch Marner. Mikhail Sergachev um, had contact east-west. I knew right away. I said, yeah, that, is a, that is a horrible hit. That is horrible and suspendable, and he better get a couple of games for it. Um, and the Department of Player Safety came down earlier today and has handed him a two-game suspension. Like, that hit was just incredibly unnecessary. Like, I, first and foremost, <laughs> Hedman's hook on Mitch Marner, I mean, I got, he didn't want Marner to go in all alone, which he would have been, and Marner's got some nifty hands. He's playing with some real big confidence. He very well could have scored. So, in a way, you know, it was a smart play by Hedman to hook him and take that opportunity away from Marner. But he hooked him to the point where he, like, kind of took his hands away and made him defenseless, and then it knocked the puck away, and... Sergachev still felt the need to skate into him and lift his body, lift his shoulder, and make contact directly to the head of Mitch Marner. I don't know why there were people trying to defend this online, saying, ah, did he really? Like, he kind of just skated into it. There was no intent on it. 
this play was so slow. Like, you, I, there are some plays where it's just, you know, the, the speed of the game is so fast. Mitch Marner didn't have the puck for, like, two seconds. Like, legitimately. And the play was basically done and dead. Like, Hedman hooked him off of the puck. Like, there was a penalty that was going to get called already. And then in comes Sergachev. And, and, you know, if you're trying to hit him to separate him from the puck, the puck was already separated. Go for the puck. Don't go for the body at that point. Like, that is, that's the point. That's the part that bugs me about that hit most. Like, there was no need to make contact to Mitch Marner's head when the puck was about five feet away from him because I'd already got knocked off his stick by the by the hooking call. It was it was egregious. It was not needed. And absolutely, I think the NHL, surprisingly, um, did a really good job. I think a two-game suspension is exactly what I would have given him. It's exactly what I thought uh, would be a proper amount. But you never know what the what the NHL, the players, uh, Department of Player Safety, they they you never know with them really but uh, i think they got it right this time so kudos we'll give them the that credit um so circuitchev's going to miss the next couple of games luckily you know mitch marner was not hurt on the play um although there was a weird uh scenario i don't know if you guys uh if you were watching the broadcast on the game last night but there was a weird scenario where you know he took that contact to the head then that was the 5 on 3 actually it was hetman's hook and then the 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 contact to the head uh by circuitchev and because of that, um, John Cooper, the coach of the Lightning, was trying to have a chat with the officials to get Marner like taken off of the ice, I guess, because he he took a hit to the head and maybe wanted to try and get him into concussion protocol just to 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 have the spotters maybe take a look at him because of the hit to the head. Um, nothing was made of it. He he stayed on and he continued, although it, it didn't matter because the five on three was putrid. Uh, that five on three, they didn't do anything because of it. But uh, I thought that was interesting. So I don't know if there's a rule um, about that. Like if a player does take a, a significant blow to the head, such as that, um, where he does stay down on the ice for for you know a few seconds, if he should come out and maybe the the spotters should have pulled him out to take a look. Um, but regardless, it seems like as of today, there's there's no issues there. He uh, should be good to go for tomorrow's game against Boston. Uh, all right, let's take uh, a quick break. When we get back, uh, I'll uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to quickly go through my three stars of the game, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this uh, Jack Eichel report. So, um, my third star of the game, I'm actually going to give it to the fourth line. I- I- I'm going to give some some love to the fourth line. Uh, I thought that was Nick Ritchie's best game of the season. Best game is a Maple Leaf, actually. I know I dogged him on that first goal, and and yeah, I- he definitely deserves to be. Uh, to be dogged for that, and but I think that he must have gotten absolute tongue lashing in the dressing room because of that back check. Because he came out in the second and the third period, and he was really good. Like I thought that he was strong on pucks. I, I thought that he did uh, a good job of driving to the net, getting shots on goal, setting players up. Um, you know, he he did a really good job uh, and probably had his best game in my opinion. Wayne Simmons had uh, four, I think four, five shots on goal. I know they have four, at least four. Um, including like two breakaways, like two really good opportunities, forced uh, forced a, 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 a penalty in the third period, ended up getting uh, a, another power play out of that. Um, yeah, I thought that that fourth line, and then Spezza's always, you know, Spezza. He's, he's always fantastic. So the fourth line, to me, may be one of their best games that they've had as a unit, collectively. 
Uh, so thought I'd give them a little bit of love. John Tavares scored the overtime winner or scored the the uh, the game tying goal. Uh, you know he's 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 battling in front of the net all game long. Tavares, um, he's really he, he's he's in in the groove. Like this guy has picked his game up. It's there. He's back. Um, you know, John Tavares is playing really, really good right now. He's on a bit of a heater here. He's got like six points in in four in this four game winning streak. So JT, uh, the captain, doing some captain like things, leading his team, putting him on their back, scoring, bringing it to overtime. Um, and he was the one who stuck up for Marner too. Like the Sergachev after the Sergachev hit, he went directly after Sergey and like. He's like, you don't do that. And even afterwards, they asked him, like, hey, your thoughts. He's like, yeah, it's a dirty hit. Absolutely dirty hit. No need for it. No need in the game. And uh, clearly the NHL thought so, too, because Sergey uh, suspended next couple of games. But clearly Jack Campbell was the the first star of the game. Realistically, uh, first, second, third star here for the Maple Leafs. Um, he was outstanding, 24 to 25 stops. But in that third period alone, I mean, like I said, this could have been a, a 3, 4, 5 nothing game in the third if Jack Campbell isn't uh, – isn't isn't as good as he was last night. He was oh, just on one, man, just on one, putting on his best Vasilevsky impression. This is what I I said last night. Uh, man, this guy just keeps churning out great, uh, great performance after great performance after great performance, and now it's starting to kind of creep into the conversation of like, hey, man, this guy's not under contract next year. Like, the only reason why the Leafs picked up a point, let alone two, is because Jack Campbell kept them in that game. And he's done that multiple times this season. I think Jack Campbell, if he was a replacement-level goaltender, this team probably, this team doesn't win last night. This team probably does not win the game against against Chicago because he kind of, held them in there and then there was a game against Ottawa too where he was unbelievable so you know Jack Campbell has been outstanding this season Um, and there was a report earlier this week that he apparently was chatting contract negotiations with Kyle Dubas or his agent was at the very least now we're hearing conflicting reports that that is not the case so we'll take a quick break here We'll have a word from our show sponsors when we get back. I'll get into this report and whether or not I believe Jack Campbell should be signed uh, or or whether or not they should look into discussing contract negotiations. And we'll do that on the other side. You're listening to the Locked on Leafs podcast. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars have only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar. Or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, cover in 100% real chocolate. Built is the great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two now. Share some of your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at BuiltBar.com regularly, so make sure you're checking the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Make sure you mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. 
Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back to Locked on Leafs. Mike DeStefano here, the host of the show. Um, just a reminder that uh, Locked on Leafs is a daily podcast, and you can find us wherever you get your podcast from. So I was just speaking about how there is a, uh, a there are conflicting reports this week about whether or not the Maple Leafs and Jack Campbell's camp have engaged in conversations in regards to uh, in regards to contract negotiations. Now, earlier this week, they said that there are negotiations, and then today, Jonas Siegel of The Athletic came out and refuted those reports. He said that he spoke with uh, with Jack Campbell's, um, Jack Campbell's uh, agent, and, and he said, no, that's, that's not true. We are not currently engaged in contract negotiations. And I believe uh, there was also a something in the post, in the... In the uh, uh, in the Toronto Sun, that Michael Trakos, yeah, Michael Trakos put out a piece in the Toronto Sun, and uh, he tweeted this out, this from his article. He said, contrary to reports, Jack Campbell's agent says there's been, quote, no material discussions with the lease regarding an extension. Quote, whoever said we're talking is full of crap. The bottom line is it's freaking November. People need to relax and let him play hockey. Um so I guess that's where it stands. Jack Campbell just wants to sit there and play hockey. And, and I think his, I mean, it's probably smart for Jack, like realistically. I think if if he keeps up the strong play that he has this season, like Vesna caliber play legitimately, I mean, this guy's going to certainly be able to demand a lot more money than if he signed a contract today, right? Like if what he's done over the course of the last well, really, since he got here. But, I mean, even though you look at this season, he's got like a 932 save percentage. If he carries that and he finishes the year with a 930 save percentage, uh, a sub-2 goal, a 186 goals against, I mean, and he ends up on like as a top-five Vesna candidate, I, yeah, it's going to cost you probably more than the amount of money that it would cost you if you were to have signed him last summer or if you were to have extended him uh, today or tomorrow. Um so it makes sense from Jack Campbell's perspective, possibly, and his agent's perspective. But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes um, players don't want to just have this kind of weighing on them, and they don't want to worry about negotiations midseason, um, and they just rather do it in the off season. Uh, I was, and and that's what I was kind of told by Chris Johnson today on Leafs Lunch. He said he he has the feeling, the understanding uh, that the team is is also willing to wait until. Uh, the offseason to, to talk. So if, if Campbell's camp wants to wait until the offseason, the Leafs camp wants to wait until the offseason, I guess that's a perfect storm, and I suppose that's most likely what's going to end up happening here. But, man, if I'm the Leafs, I I, I don't know. I, I somewhat disagree with it to, to wait until the offseason. I try and sign him now. I'm, I'm ready. Like, I'm all in on Jack Campbell. I'm all in on Soupy. Like, I have been for a little bit. I've, I've tried to... Uh, to, to bring this up to multiple people and, and try to discuss this on, on various shows, whether it's this one, whether it's Leafs Lunch, whether it's Overdrive. Like, I am in on Jack Campbell. I think that he is a really good goaltender. Do I think that he is a 60-game starter? No. I believe that he still is somebody who maybe will only be able to give you 45 to 48 starts. But in those 45 to 48 starts, can he be Vesna caliber? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's extremely valuable. I truly do. And 
Jack Campbell is somebody who has been nothing but amazing ever since he got here. Not only on the ice, but also like in the room. I mean, they love this guy. Love this guy. Like my mother, I, I have a I, you know sometimes I talk about her, but like we watch the uh, the all or nothing documentary uh, together. Well, I, I watch all of it. She kind of came in and out, watched some of it. Um, but she her favorite player now is Jack Campbell, based on that documentary because she's like I love that guy. That guy is he's, he's, he seems like a really genuine good dude, like someone who cares about people. Like Jack Campbell is such a good dude, and he is man, he really really is. But he's also just as good on the ice. I don't. I don't know if I agree with the notion that they should uh, that they'd be best off waiting for the off season because I think there's a point here where Jack Campbell could price his way out of Toronto, much in the same way that Zach Hyman did. You know, it's kind of the same, similar conversation about Morgan Riley. It's like, oh, if he has a big year, what if he what if he prices himself out of Toronto? Well, they re-signed him early. They got him to a pretty good deal. Maybe they could do the same with Jack Campbell. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen uh, based on these reports that that are now kind of coming out. Uh, but I, I'm I'm team signed Jack. I really, really am. But I'm not the general manager of the Maple Leafs, and I am also not Jack, Jack Campbell, nor am I Jack Campbell's uh, representative. So my opinion... Doesn't mean a whole uh, doesn't mean a whole lot, but I just I think that he can be uh, a a goaltender who can win you games on a night in night out basis, and this team is better off with him in the future uh, as a long term fixture in this team. Now the the it gets interesting because obviously the the elephant in the room there is the fact that they just signed Peter Morazic to a three year deal at three point eight million per. So he still has another two seasons on the on the deal at three point eight. So now you're talking okay, you've got two goaltenders who are making quite a bit of money. Are they going to be able to do that? Um, there's going to have to be some some you know creativity. Whether that means moving on from Peter Mrazek or maybe, you know, somehow uh, you find some other cap space by doing some other maneuvering with some other players. You know, Richie is under contract next year, two and a half. Maybe you can move on from him. Kerfoot, perhaps. You know, like there there are some other guys who maybe you can move out to, to create some, some more cap space if you want to uh, lock up some more dollars to the goaltending position. But at the end of the day, I think Jack Campbell is this team's best goalie. Um, it gives the team the best chance to win on a nightly basis. So if he can be here long term, um, I mean, try and try and get it done, Toronto. Try and get it done. Uh, okay, we'll take one more quick break. When we get back, I'll tee up the the Leafs and Bruins game tomorrow night real quick uh, before we go. Uh, you're listening to the Locked On Lease podcast. We're back in better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the hockey season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the hockey and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football to baseball to hockey, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked on Leafs. Mike DiStefano here, the host of the show. Uh, Leafs and Bruins going down tomorrow night at the Scotia Bank Arena. It'll be the first time the 
between the like the first meeting between these two teams since November 15th, 2019. On November 15th, 2019, the Boston Bruins defeated the Leafs by a score of 4 to 2. The losing coach in that game was one Mike Babcock. Yes, the last time these two teams played each other, Mike Babcock was still the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's how long it's been. That's re- crazy to me that Sheldon Keefe has not had a chance to coach against the Bruins. Somehow this guy got a contract extension before a game against the Bruins. Like, think about that. That's so wild. Um, just goes to show how weird uh, of the of of two years that it's really been here in the world, not just in hockey, but in the world where you know division rivals such as the Leafs and Bruins haven't played since November 15th of 2019. It's oh, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy to think about, but uh tomorrow's going to be a big one. You know, I think the Leafs and Bruins are are uh, these are the two teams as of now, things could change. It's a long season, but as of like the first 10 games or so of the season, um the way that I've kind of, you know, pegged this and and I did this I think it was earlier in the week. Maybe it was, it was on Monday, yeah, for the Monday morning power rankings. I power ranked the Atlantic Division, and I had it as uh, Florida up at the top, Tampa at second, and then it's the Leafs and Bruins fighting for that third and final uh, divisional spot for, for a playoff spot. Because I think the Metro um, is loaded, and, and I believe that they're going to end up probably claiming two playoff spots, the two wildcard spots. So to me, the Leafs and Bruins, they're fighting for a playoff spot. So each game is going to count. Every game is going to count between these two teams. And tomorrow is uh, is, is is the first game of uh, what will be a four-game series here in the regular season. Um they're both coming in on on some winning streaks. Boston won last night. They defeated Detroit five uh, one pretty convincingly. Pure, or, uh, Patrice Bergeron four goals, three of which coming on the power play. So their power play, which hadn't been good up until last night, finally gets going. Uh, I think they had three power play goals all season long, and then last night Patrice Bergeron scores three on the power play himself. Uh, to and, and that's all it takes. Funny enough, that's all it takes for a. A power play which has been cold. Three goals in one game, and automatically now they're a top ten power play. Sometimes that's all it takes to to make like early on in the season for for statistics to make such a big jump. Just one good game could change all that, and the Maple Leafs could do that as well. Um, their power play has been moving up, uh, moving up too. They got one power play goal in the game against Vegas. They got a power play goal last night in overtime, um, and they're up to nineteen percent on the power play, which is twentieth in the NHL. So you know both teams coming into this game, rolling Toronto looking to make it. Uh, Five straight now, actually. I was going to say four, but they just won their fourth straight game last night against Tampa. So five straight, they're making, hoping to make it uh, yeah, with a win against Boston. You know, this was a, a, another big measuring stick game, we could call it. Um, you know, they this week they, they picked up the valuable two points against Vegas, a team that they had to go in and beat um, or had to, you know, they welcomed him, but had to go and beat them. Uh, clearly they were banged up, but we saw a lot of positive signs. That's really where the offense of this team broke open was that game against Vegas. And then it somewhat got 
stymied against uh, Andre Vasilevsky and the Lightning, but they kept at it and they finally broke through and then ended up taking getting the two points in overtime. So they're taking steps, good positive steps forward. Um, now two games over 500, and now tomorrow's another big measuring stick game. Let's see if they can pick up a full six out of six points this week. That'd be massive, massive for them to pick up those points. Um, and I believe if they do that. I have to quickly, quickly take a look and and check and see. But I believe they do that. Um, oh, where are we sitting at here? Nope, Boston. No, they cannot. Yeah, I was going to say maybe they, they, they can leapfrog somebody in the points department here, but they cannot. Uh, Boston's only played eight games, but they're five and three on the year in those eight games. Toronto six, four and one through 11 games. Um so, yeah, tomorrow's going to be a, a fun game. Should be an interesting game. Uh, I'm excited to finally get to see Boston. It's kind of a different team, though, right? Like, no David Krejci. There's no um, no Zidane Chara, who was on this squad last time the Maple Leafs faced them. There's no Tuka Rask. It's now a, a tandem of Lena Solmark and Jeremy Swayman in goal for this club. So there's a lot of turnover since the last time these two teams have played. Uh, so it's gonna be it's going to be interesting. But, I mean, let's face it. It's Leafs Bruins. It's Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. And there's going to be animosity. You know, guys like like Simmer, you know Wayne Simmons, um, who grew up in the city, grew up in Toronto. He's going to want to go out and put on a show. Michael Bunting certainly going to want to put on a show. You know, they want that. They want that hockey Canada towel. You know, that hockey Canada towel. Although during COVID, I don't know if they're getting those towels because I don't and think they're like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're still getting those towels during COVID. Maybe they're not. But anyways. You know, like guys like that, um, those those hometown boys with their first opportunity to go out and play Boston, I- I'm excited for them, right? I'm excited to see what they can do. It's going to be a big game, big measuring stick game, uh, litmus test, if you will. Um, and let's hope that the Leafs can, 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 can keep it rolling, you know, four straight to make it five. Fun weekend coming up. Big weekend coming up. Uh, that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. I'll be back for another episode Monday, guys. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. I'll be back to recap it uh, on Monday, like I said. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.